Welcome to BWI Live. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, Sean Fitz, Nate Bauer. We are here talking about Penn State, Michigan. There's all kinds of stuff we're talking about today. This show has so much stuff in it. We're gonna, I'm going to do my best to make sure we get to the most important things throughout the game. We haven't, re- we haven't uh, reviewed Maryland as a team yet. We have to talk about James Franklin's press conference. And, of course, the number one thing anyone cares about this week, can Penn State stop the run against Michigan? We'll get into all of those things, the the whole shebang today on the show today. Uh, but I want to thank everyone for showing up who did. This is not our normal schedule. James Franklin's press conference was Monday. I uh, should have done a better job of promoting this change throughout the last week and a half, but things and stuff happened. But here we are, Tuesdays from now to the end of the football season is when we're going to be doing our first show of the week. Telling you as it's happening, uh, I'll make sure to remind everybody of that as we go throughout the week. So guys, off the top, we got a lot of stuff to get to, just talked about all of that. But the first thoughts I want to get from you guys, um, Nate, uh, what you took away from last week. Okay, We haven't gotten your thoughts in depth outside of instant reactions after the game about the Penn State uh, team after they yep. went over Maryland. I'm sorry. I just can't get over Julia's seizure calling me the goat. That just, just big fan of yours. It lights up my life. Yeah. Um, What did I think of Saturday? No, look, I thought it was a, a, I thought it was important in a lot of ways. I thought, I mean, obviously anytime that you can win a game like that, uh, that way is important. Uh, The fact that Penn state, took control early, I thought was extremely important to have a fourth down stop and get your team the ball uh, at the 45 yard line to, to open the game and and then go down and score a touchdown. Right. It just, it's just, it's just funny because you, we talk about all of these things uh, in terms of the offensive performance and um, you know, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. It's, so much of it is predicated on how the game it's right. If you're gifted field position like yeah. that, it changes things. It ch- it changes your confidence. I, I know yeah. we talked about it yesterday uh, during the press conference, but I mean, th- if, if this one isn't my like dream of a movie type scenario in terms of the psychology side of things and yeah. all of those elements that that play into this upcoming game i mean i just you just see the narrative arc right i mean it it is ohio state the last five minutes of indiana what happened at maryland on saturday all setting up for hey is is this a team that can find and unlock its best self yeah is it important that they did once before this game you know in a game where i think it's pretty clear they have to have a complete effort to win maybe not everyone's dominant but everyone is contributing at that level do you think it was important that maryland set up the way you were hoping you got the setup from the ohio before the ohio state game with umass and the bye and everything that went into that game they did get that against the pre-michigan game do you think that's uh, important a, a thousand percent i do and and that was something that i think that we talked about in those first six games is every single one was a win for Penn state, but were there any that you like, if you're Penn state, do you feel great about like, no, I I would argue. No. I mean, I I would argue like certainly there were great elements within those games, but there, there was just something missing. There were just these lagging, uh, you know, nagging concerns that never really quite got over the hump. And then again, Drew Aller is a huge part of this. His ability to shake off that interception, come back and throw a game winning touchdown. Right. And then parlay that into what it, it, again, like it's not about the smile on his face from Saturday at Maryland. It's about the fact that he's making throws confidently into coverages that he had not been making before. I'm stealing your thunder, T. Frank. But that's, I mean, yeah. that's it, right? That's that is the whole, that is the whole of this uh, mm-hmm. from from the offensive side of the ball, uh, right? Katron Allen having a like, neither one of these running backs have had, I I would argue, the season that they've wanted to have. Uh, Nick Singleton is a guy who I, I, I do think we should talk about to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Having James Franklin mentioning it during his press conference on Monday, I don't think was an accident. 
he's had back-to-back weeks with 50 plus yard kickoff returns. Yeah. Like that, that, that's, that's who he is. And it, it has taken a while. I feel like for this team to remind itself, Theo Johnson said it after the game. He was like, it, we had to remind ourselves that we play one of the best defenses in the country every day at practice. To me, that is a blaring red flashing sign of lacking the the height of confidence that you need to compete in a game like this. And so now that that reminder has taken place, that they've gotten to that point. Yeah. What, what, what does it mean? What does it mean for them moving forward? I mean, it just, yeah. it just seems to set up for a game that maybe win or lose, they can play to their potential. Yeah, yeah, and that's the the main thrust of this week is does that carry over to the game? And, and I guess that's yeah. the, the part that I was trying to highlight. And uh, I the very nice thing said in the chat about the film room, if you want to check that out, I don't want to seem like I'm self-aggrandizing and put them it's up here on phenomenal screen. t frank but that was my point is this is not this is not coverage scheme this is process and that feels like that carries over as you just outlaid eloquently uh it the, the facts are on the film and again it is not not to not to throw somebody under the bus not to throw the question under the bus it was the correct idea it was the wrong evidence to suggest that there was a difference in Drew Aller's abilities and his uh, his his performance on the football field. And uh, Steven says here, we win or lose the game on the back of Aller. Michigan is a better team overall on offense, so this has to be Aller's best game to win. Um, let's get into this conversation quickly uh, yeah. because I we, we had this. I promoted it yesterday uh, in our last conversation. You were saying Drew Aller can't come out here and be ready to lose by forty. And I think that that goes against what we just talked about of, and this is, this is the rebuttal to the conversation, which is he can't go out there feeling like he's going to lose the game for the defense because that's what Ohio state was. That was that, that was that situation and why he played like he was frozen. Speaking of frozen, we got Fitz back. Love that. Love that you're back. Thank you for working through your technical difficulties. Appreciate you being here. And there we go. We'll have some more technical difficulties. Fitz, take it away. Uh, what's the number one thing you're thinking about uh, as we get through this week with Penn State football? Well, it, it's apparently my internet connection because that's uh, apparently an issue right now. I just did 20 minutes with Andy Staples and everything was fine. And then all of a sudden I come in here. It's usually you. So uh, the number one that I'm thinking about is still on the offensive side of the ball. And I've been watching a little bit while I was restarting my network about you guys talking about uh, what Drew has to do and everything like that. Um, you know, I just thought with, with Maryland and I, I don't know how much you guys covered, but just seemed to be more purpose like, and I know that's kind of a, a cliched cop out, but there just seemed to be less dead time between uh, you know, the, the notable plays. And, and I know that that's not like a formula or anything like that, but it's also, that's, that's how you call the game. That's the flow of the game. So I think that that's really, uh, the number one thing that I'm looking forward to is to see if they can carry that over. It's it, it's so tough to label this as the offensive line's doing, Drew's doing, running backs doing what they're doing. Like they're, when when it's all working well, like the mistakes are, I don't want to say negated, but the mistakes are demagnified, I guess you would say. Yeah. So that that's what they got to do. They got to cl- continue to clean it up, take those strides that they've made over the last five quarters be a little bit more open. I, I know you just said like it's it, there's no rhyme or reason or I don't want to say purpose because I've been using that word too much lately, but there's no rhyme or reason to the way that Drew's been playing. Um, but there is something to just like going out there and, and, and getting your shoulders a little bit lower, you know, just loosening up a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see yep. that this weekend. And I'm, I'm excited to see if Penn State can coach themselves into doing that. And, and what I mean by that is it, it's so tight. These things are so tight all the time. And if you yeah. let yourself live you let yourself loosen up a little bit maybe good things happen yeah absolutely and that's that's i think the mentality that the offense has to have uh because we've seen them play tight in big games something we'll get to in just a little bit james franklin the press conference we're going to recap some of the biggest things from that game but the first thing is your game your football game do you have a son or a football team you want to give to an edge to on the football field every split second matters every movement matters so train like the best train with the best mmafx is a hand fighting course taught by bruce lombard of lombard mma here in state college bruce has trained everyone from alabama to nfl offensive linemen and your team can be next the aim of the mmafx videos 
uh, is to teach you different techniques. 25 different techniques, 60 drills, four levels of difficulty, all with the aim of making you better at football. The system benefits defensive linemen, linebackers, and wide receivers. There's a ton of stuff. Um, I'm super excited about this. Uh, we had Bruce here on the show, uh, I want to say less than a year ago, maybe this summer, talking about some of the players he's worked with. Uh, might might have even been back in March. Nate, you and I went over and saw what they do over at yep. uh, uh, Lombard MMA In-State College. So we're super excited. This has been a long time in the making, pairing uh, the BWI Live show with MMA FX. But if you want your kid, you want your football team to have an edge on the football field and to stand out on film, visit MMAFX.net and learn more today. Uh, you can contact him. It's set up a free consultation in town uh, to for MMA FX one-on-one private training, small group training, and everything. Bruce at MMAFX.net. So go check that out. Uh, Nate, it's pretty cool. We got to see this live uh, yeah. with the offensive line learning how to use their non-dominant hand and a bunch of other technique and nerdy stuff that I'll get way too in the weeds if I talk about it. I, I liked watching it. It was uh, it was very out of place for me. I, I, I didn't recognize what the inside of a gym looked like, but <laughs> apparently that's it. Uh, no, Bruce is Bruce is the man. So this is super cool to uh, to be able to partner with him. So, again, MMAFX.net to check it out. Appreciate Bruce being a part of the show. OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get into the... Uh, James Franklin press conference, his comments from yesterday. Nate, no bulletin board material. Let's just start with that. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but um, not no bulletin board material, I guess. Recap for everyone who Mostly. didn't see what yeah. James Franklin no, no had to say. Board headlines, more, more yeah. so the, the subtle little jabs in there. <laughs> he, he likes to work. He, he likes to work under the radar. Um, Body. Yeah, blood. no, he, he said he said, uh, you know, talking talking about the implications of whether or not Jim Harbaugh will be there on Saturday, right? I mean, this is, we're, we're waiting, right? Everybody's waiting for, um, you know, seeing, seeing these different news stories and it's just kind of a, a wait and see situation. And I think that he did, that he handled it well in the sense of it, it doesn't, it can't affect their preparation. It yeah. can't affect how Penn state prepares for this game. And the subtle shot was, the way that they're going to prepare for this game is by studying what happens on the field, right? The, the, the coach's film, uh, I believe was the way that he phrased it, meaning, uh, not things that you would see, I don't know, shot on like an iPhone, for instance, you wouldn't be worried about those. You would just be worried about things that you see in the, in the coach's copies. So now it's, it's, he mostly avoided, avoided the subject, but also you, you look, uh, the way that he phrased the very first response uh, about saying less is more tells you exactly how he feels about this, right? Yeah. It, he he is one of the 13 coaches in the Big Ten that are displeased, to put it lightly, uh, that Michigan has had this situation going on. And, and you know, the accused, accusations, if true, I mean, certainly we'll keep it in the allegation stage of this yeah. but if there's evidence and that kind of stuff exists then yeah if you if you are if you're a head coach of any of those big 10 teams that have uh been on the receiving end of that you, you've got an obligation to your players to your program to be ticked off about it so Fitz, yeah. do you have any thoughts you want to share on this i know that this isn't necessarily because you and i especially are like what's on the football field let's talk about that because that's what we that's what we do. But with this, this is such a big topic that I wanted to give you an opportunity to say anything you have uh, on your mind about it and how it affects this particular week. Yeah, Nate, I don't know about this particular week, but Nate made a good point. You're not getting those two years back. Like, it, regardless of how deep this runs, like you, mm-hmm. as he said, have an obligation to be upset for your players and for yourselves, really, because bonuses are a thing, you know, the, and that's not just a Penn State thing. That's that's everywhere. Um, so like you have an obligation to, to be upset. I'm not sure, still not sure what's going to come of it. I guess there's a, 
notice of uh, disciplinary action that's coming. Who knows what that means? Um, but uh, no, it's, it's, it's very interesting. But yeah, the way that uh, Franklin approached it, I have no problem with this. He's got enough distractions. I mean, he's yeah. <laughs> his record in big games is enough to for to get people talking rather than the Michigan stuff. So uh, yeah, I appreciate the way that he handled that. He did must have gone to Bruce and done some hand fighting because that was not the bull rush that uh, some other coaches uh, have been able. I saw the, the the Purdue coach the other night was was definitely uh, not holding back. So. Um, is it, it, it's an approach that I can appreciate. And again, the less we spend talking about the scandal itself, because we don't have the details and, and things are coming out sort of hourly, which is re again, going back to my original point, it's really funny to see the <laughs> defensiveness. It's really funny to see the, I mean, it, it's really good that Ohio state played Rutgers this weekend to give their beat writers something to tweet about other than Michigan, you know, it's, yeah. and, and likewise with Michigan Purdue. So that's where I'm at on it believe it when i see it but uh let's you know let's go back to the the game at hand because that's what everybody really wants to, to focus on uh julius seizure back in the chat says does an absent harbaugh galvanize his squad maybe but they're also good enough to win without it like that's you know talking about what's on the coaches film this yeah. is also a side note is you shouldn't think that the only reason this team is good is because they know what's coming allegedly they are also very talented there's a very, very good. good team yeah, and nobody's going to circle the wagons. I'm sorry to go to at your bills here, at T. Frank, but nobody's going to circle the wagons like Michigan. Yeah. They've already done it this year with the suspension yep. and and playing for Harbaugh and uh, all that kind of stuff. So like, they're this is not a situation that that would throw them off in any situation because number one, that's how they're programmed, and number two, they're damn good. They're really good. Yep. Uh, so a thousand questions about the Penn State run defense was the other part of yesterday's press conference. Um, I'll save my comments to the end because, you know, I just want some add some context to my thoughts around this. But um, Nate, come back to you on this con conversation. The validity yep. of the conversation this week, obviously, it has to come up. But at the same time, um, I guess, what are your thoughts on on harping on that particular part of the game when it's a different team in a different year? Yeah, I think I think that certainly Penn State has questions to answer about Michigan, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's that's the crux of this, because if we're being fair, they answered them against Ohio State. It's not like Ohio yeah. State was running all over the field against them. It's not like uh, they, you know, Ohio State gashed them in the middle of the the heart of the defense the way that Michigan did a year ago or the and way so, that Ohio State did in the fourth quarter. Uh, 100 percent. 100%. And so the look that I, I mean you it uh, you always weigh whether or not it's worth like selling a kid out or or leaving a kid out to dry but like Tyler Elsden didn't have a great game last year. That was part of it. Yeah. Hakeem Beeman didn't have a great game last year. That was a big part of it. And so when you asked him about the linebackers, it's like, well, they're different now. Yeah. Literally the personnel is different this year. They yeah. are, they have come along. They have gotten better. They have taken strides. I mean, they just held a, a Maryland. Maryland didn't even try to run because it was that fruitless of an endeavor yeah. uh, against this defense. Uh, and so I, I do think that there are very obvious strides that have been made that you can say, Hey, here's all of this evidence that says the Penn state. I mean, Penn, look, bottom line is Penn state has the number one rushing defense in the country. Is it going to stay the number one rushing defense against Michigan? I can't confidently say that. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to know that until we see how they play against a Michigan team. That is excellent, excellent up front and with its running backs and, yeah. and has, again, it's, it's not just the fact that they are going to do whatever they want and, and can just hone in on one aspect of the game. It's the fact that they have the versatility to also pass it against you, to also have the, the quarterback extend plays with his legs, throw the ball, like all of those different things play into and complement what is already a strong facet of, of their offense. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, is it is it overblown? I I don't know in the sense that it's not, it's not, um, it is not overblown against Michigan it's yeah. overblown against the rest of the season yeah um Fitz first off I just want to get to Rob's point here Corum and Edwards have run for a third of the yards they ran for last year I think he makes the point earlier in the chat as well that they're a passing team this year I think it's the point Rob that we're making here is the threat 
James Franklin outlined the players each week that he thinks are a threat for uh, his team. He named the offensive line and the running backs. Um, obviously, the quarterback is a part of that, too. They are a very balanced team. And I guess that is the point, Fitz, is like this is a, this is a team that presents multiple challenges outside of just the running game. Um, and, and I want to frame this this way, and I'll, I'll give you my point and then ask a question at the end. The evidence, as Nate just said, the evidence is on the film that Penn State is both bigger and technically better at the run than they were last year. So I guess my my whole thing about yesterday was asking are they are they good enough against the run is kind of challenging the reality that is on film. Of yes, they have they have not been perfect. Nobody's perfect, but they are clearly bigger, stronger, and more athletic than last year. The question then becomes: Are they able to do that? As Nate said, against Michigan. But to me, that becomes then a recruiting question because these guys have maximized their abilities. Do they have enough ability? Is a different conversation, and I feel like that is an entirely different uh, angle to take. Which is why I present that to you, our recruiting expert. Is that a fair way to phrase that, or am I diminishing Penn State's abilities uh, or overinflating Penn State's abilities against the run? Probably overinflating it a little bit just because it's, it is a whole different animal when you're talking Michigan, and they're still the number four rushing team in the conference. I think what's interesting here is they're the number four rushing team in the conference. They're the number three passing, two or three passing team in the conference, but they're the number one offense in the conference. Like that's. Right that is a sign of a dangerous offense. Like it's not so much that they're going to ground you to death or they're going to throw you to death. They're going to balance you to death, which is sort of a coach's worst nightmare. You take a look at how many college coaches use the word balance way too much. You know, it's, it, it's never 50, 50, but it is something that, that, that you certainly can lean on. Michigan's certainly not running the ball with the vigor that they did last year. Penn state, from a talent perspective, from a size perspective, yeah, they can they can stop that. But I, again, I don't think it was talent and size that what did it last year. Knowing your assignments, gap soundness, all this yeah. kind of stuff of being in the right spots is is what killed them last year. And you you're, you're just not going to know that until Saturday. So yeah, I yes, they have the ability to stop Michigan's running or, or not stop. They have the ability to slow down and and do this. Penn State fans are, you remember the the pre-Illinois show where we talked about Penn State fans being scarred by the Illinois 21 yep. rushing effort. Like yep. that's that's where Penn State fans are with this Michigan. And I get it. Like, I mean, it's it's Michigan. You know what they want to do. They have more ability to do the other thing with JJ McCarthy back there. And that makes for a danger like that, that I would label them as more dangerous this year on offense because they have the ability to do so. Of course, Roman Wilson's had a great year. You know, they've, they've got some receivers that can make some play. The tight end uh, is really good. Um, mm. Lovel uh, is it Loveland? Yeah. Um, that He's very good. So they're just more dangerous and more balanced this year. And, and really, when you're looking at it, when you're looking at breaking down the matchup of Penn State's run defense versus Penn State or Michigan's run offense, that's not the entire story of this uh, of this battle. Go ahead, Nate. I was just going to say, I, I I did think one thing that Franklin said yesterday that was, uh, you know, I, I don't know that many people read it as a shot. I don't think it was a shot, but he said very plainly that they have not been challenged right. <laughs> defensively. Like, yeah, they, they haven't. And so when he gets into talking about down and distance, it is that they have had so much success because they are ahead of the sticks all the time. They, they, they have not faced any situation with any level of consistency where they are in second and 12, right in, yeah. in third and nine, Th those situations have not been prevalent for them. And Look, I'm not I'm not saying it's a it's a one-to-one -one comparison to Penn State at Ohio State, but it's kind of like that. Right? It's it's a little bit like that in that Penn State was under the same situation. I mean, that they uh certainly Illinois challenged them defensively, but there there hasn't been an opponent that Michigan has faced to this point in the season that's been able to do that to them and it changes things. It changes how the quarterback operates. It changes yeah. the plays that you can call under yeah. those circumstances. So to uh, always have the playbook open is to always have the best option that you want in that situation. Right. Cor correct. Correct. Yeah. And to be, and to be an advantageous situation, like throwing for 76% completions is very different yeah. under second and four than it is third and nine. Yeah. 
Going back to some of the things I found when I was looking at where Drew Aller was targeting and the conversation we had about using the middle of the field, um, 76% completion percentage is not just his overall completion percentage. I think he's completing pretty close to that over the middle of the football field, J.J. McCarthy. So they are targeting what is the vulnerable part of the field and having extreme success with it. So that, that's, that I think, is the biggest indicator of the balanced threat of being able to throw it, being able to run it, being able to do all of those in those situations forcing the worst possible scenario on the defense routinely fits um this conversation came up that i thought was interesting the way it was framed of offensive competence in big games not great against ohio state not great last year against michigan where yes they were in the game but it looked ugly does that matter here to you um if they get the win obviously it doesn't but just the the optics of it of it doesn't feel like Penn State is particularly competitive in some of these games recently against these teams where they had been previously. Can I do my Nate here? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All of it. Yes. <laughs> like, that is the thing here. And Michigan, a great team on both sides. Absolutely. All the points you've made also haven't been tested. Great on third down. 55 and 99 on third downs, which is kind of, kind of absurd in both numbers. Um, but, uh, yes, I mean, Penn State's this game is going to go with Penn State's offense. Penn State's defense is exceptional. And as we saw at Ohio State, can only hold off a great team for a certain amount of time. So, yes, absolutely. Um, scream it from the rafters. Do it, do whatever you have to do. But Penn State needs to score points. And that is a, a deep cut there. Um, Penn State needs to score points. And they just I don't know if you go into it with the confidence knowing that they can do that when they want to do that. And I think that, that, I mean, that's the elephant in the room here. It has been since Ohio state, Maryland was great. You know, you, you saw something different against Maryland, yeah. but like it, it's a, it's a whole different animal right there. Uh, Nate, do you want to talk about the lead back conversation? Do you want to talk about Nick Singleton and all of that stuff? I, I, I don't, so I'm, I have been going full bore since Saturday morning. So I don't remember what we talked about already on the show. I apologize. Did we cover Nick and that conversation? Do you, is there anything you want to talk about there? No, I, I I do think that the explosive play, e- even in the kickoff return game, matters to yeah. to him. I I do. I, I think that Katron's ten yard bulldoze through eleven defenders matters. I, like yeah. I just I just think that th- those guys are going to be necessary on, on Saturday, right? And obviously, as you would expect, I, I don't know that. Um, that all of the per yardage on a, on a play to play basis is going to be there. I don't know if that's a reasonable expectation against this defense, but uh, I, I do think that uh, certainly the the play that we've been waiting for really all season from Nick of a, a 30, 40, 50 yard carry is yeah. could change things. It could change the dynamics of this game. Um, it's just, it's it's so hard looking at this game and trying to boil it down to one thing because it's not it's right. it is it is all of certainly on the offensive side of the ball it's it's like hey Drew Aller has to play his best game he cannot be the quarterback that he was in Columbus he has to be the quarterback that he was in Maryland if he can find that gear that that it bodes so well for Penn State but also Dante Cephas needs to be the Dante Cephas that he was in Maryland on Saturday. Yeah. He can't be the Dante Cephas at Illinois, right? Keandre Lambert-Smith has to be the Keandre Lambert-Smith of, of Saturday and West Virginia, You right? Like, they need those pieces around them. You, like, it all has to happen at the same time, which is hard. It is hard to get that cohesion. It is hard to get that together against defense of this quality. But yeah. that's, that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take is, uh, like I said yesterday in, in our reaction, T. Frank, the fact that he kept Trey Wallace out of that conversation, I think, is fairly indicative of where this is going. Right? Yeah. They're probably not going to have him. It is incumbent on not only Drew to make plays, but for the receivers to not only make 11-yard receptions, but to turn those 11-yard receptions into 25. Like That's yep. got to happen. And it doesn't have to happen all the time, but you got to get a handful of those. And if you don't, that, right, you're gonna you're gonna be staring up at at a 24 to to 17 loss, right? Because yeah. you just aren't able to get over the hump uh, in terms of the points that you're gonna need to win this game. 
So, I mean, we've been previewing the game the whole show, but let's officially get into this is the Penn State versus Michigan preview portion of the show. And Fitz, I want to talk to you about uh, the matchup. Where do you think Penn State can win and battle with Michigan? Maybe doesn't have a full-on advantage, unless there is a place you think that, but where are the places you think that they have the best opportunity for success to put them in a position to win? No, it's 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 pretty, I don't want to say even across the board, I think Michigan has a lot of advantages, slight advantages uh, over Penn State, and they've obviously coming in with a lot of confidence and, and, and things of that nature. I think Penn State's tight ends. Um, you know, this is a situation I also think uh, Michigan's tight end, Colson Loveland, is really good. I uh, said that earlier, but I think Penn State's tight ends can really be different because it gives you something, and you've been harping on this for a couple of weeks, gives you something across the middle of the field, gives you a different opportunity to play 12 personnel because of Penn State's situation without Trey Wallace. They're going to want to lean on having those tight ends in the game and, and, but, but having them be versatile, not having them just like hand down, playing H back across the formation, all the things that they've done before, but you know, getting them out in space, Tyler Warren was very good against Maryland gives you, it just gives, gives you something to be a little bit more dangerous. And I don't see Penn state's danger in the passing game being down the field. Like we haven't seen it enough this year to say that Keandre Lambert Smith or Cephas or whomever is going to be out there yeah. is going to be the big threat. So you got to work the middle of the field, the intermediate game. And those guys, are the ones that keep the drives going. Those guys are the ones that, you know, you needed to lean on at Ohio State when you were one of 16 on third down. You know, I think that that's an advantage that, excuse me, that Penn State can have. I know Michigan's got some some good cover guys in the, at the second level of their defense, but Penn State's tight ends, if if they're going to be the group that they want to market themselves as, you know, that's this is the game to take that step. Uh, I The first question here, the preview brought to you by KJ Johnson. Uh, he says, are there any uh, areas of matchup with Michigan? But here's the second part that I didn't get to. Uh, who's the biggest X factor to you? Is it one of the tight ends? Is it Tyler Warren? Is it Theo Johnson? Or is it Dante? Who, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Who, who do you think is the biggest X factor on Saturday? I mean, it's got to be your number one. Like this is what we talked about going into Ohio State and Keandre like is you know, has put up some numbers. He's, he did a good job against uh, Maryland. Um, didn't get in the end zone, but like, he's got to be your number one. Like this is this, these are the same talking points we had against Ohio state and Penn state came up short. Like those guys that want to be those guys have to be those guys. Like, yep. Put that on a quote, put that on a graphic and put it out there. It's <laughs> freaking art. Um, but uh, yeah, Keandre, if he wants to be the number one, he wants to be the guy that, uh, you know, is an NFL prospect has to be that guy. And, and, you know, a lot of that is what's available to you in scheme. And, and you know, they've, they've got a great yeah. nickel corner in Sanger still, but like move him around, see what you can do and, and get him out there. Like that's that if this is the time, guys. Uh, today's show brought to you by My Perfect Franchise. They are uh, a regular sponsor here on the BWI live show, and uh, they have been with us for quite some time. They want to help you get to the next phase of your life. Uh, if you're ready to leave the corporate rat race, maybe you are a mid-level executive and you have a lot of experience running things, but you're not running your own business. You're running it for somebody else. Maybe you're looking for a side hustle while working your current job. Maybe you want to build wealth and start to take control of the next phase of your life. You have acquired all of these skills. It's time to put them to use. Check out My Perfect Franchise. Andy Ludicky is a franchise consultant with extensive experience placing people like you with the perfect franchise to manage. You get to buy into this and then um, whether you're uh, whether things are booming or there's a downturn in the economy, because that's always the conversation around businesses. What's the economy doing? What is the environment like? There's always a business or an area that is growing. It's just which parts aren't. And right now, from what Andy talked to us uh, at the beginning of the year when we had the conversation with him last time, home services are booming because home sales are not. I know. I just bought a house. I am looking to do everything to it to renovate and, uh, and make things better in the house. So if you have any experience in these areas, maybe you want to buy a uh, painting business or an insulation business. Andy has personal experience managing franchises and having uh he's ready to share his knowledge about how he can get you into those situations to succeed so check him out 100 free consultation 404-973-9901 check out my andy and myperfectfranchise.net or on the blue white illustrated message board which is a great time to remind you it's the big game and there's a big sale guys 50 percent off exclusive premium content at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Nate, take over for me. Tell them all the great stuff you can get at Blue White Illustrated with premium access. I mean, where do you start, T. Frank? I'll I'll start with you. The great analysis and and uh, right re 
both pre and post game. I mean, that's the great thing about it. T Frank is uh, when we text during a game and kind of tick off the, the check by check by check of things that you anticipate happening in the game happening. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, obviously Sean <laughs> and, and <laughs> Sean and Ryan killing it with recruiting coverage. Sean, obviously killing it with all of the, uh, the insider info that we get from the football team. And then with me, you, you get to fight. You, we, like <laughs> if, if you are missing that in your life, you get to come to the message board and yeah, I, but I am just like much fatter and less strong than <laughs> Bruce. Right. So you your just, words you are get, a sword though. Well, <laughs> they cut, I got away with those. Uh, so yeah, you get to, you get to come in and, and fight with me. So we, we've got a whole team. Greg obviously has a million stories a day. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just has you completely covered. So uh, look, if there is a time to subscribe ahead of this game, uh, it is now. Now is the time uh, that 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 is the uh, the salesperson version of me, T. Frank. How did I do? You did excellent. No, was, no, he, he he was okay because he forgot to mention basketball season started last night. Nobody yes. covered Whoa, the Nittany yes. Lions like Nate Bauer. Check him out. He is ahead of everything. He he covers Penn State basketball better than anybody I've seen cover a team. Like he is like like you might see him at the end of the bench, like which would be a really really funny visual. But uh, yeah, he's he's that far into the program. So check him out for 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 you basketball fans. Check him out. Yes, thank you. I, I was I was going to mention that. That's we got to get to that immediately because it's not just Penn State football. Although that's what a lot of we're talking about here today. Wrestling with Greg is also a huge thing. You like wrestling. We cover wrestling. Fitz, um, let's get back to a little bit of analysis. By the way, we have an app. I want to mention that. Download the On3 app as well. Um, where are the areas that you think is not great? Like, there's not, not a way to really sugarcoat Penn State's disadvantage in a certain area. I'm very curious to see how the matchups work in the secondary. Like, and I, and I think Penn State's secondary is good, but I think there's been a little bit of, like, sitting back and letting them come to you, which part of it's scheme, but also part of it is you know, those, those guys have been not tested fully to the extent that they'll be tested this weekend by a guy like Roman Wilson, of course, the Leveland tight end, a couple other guys, Cornelius Johnson um, is, you know, they've, they've got guys that can test these guys and, and Kalen King, again, we've talked about it a bunch, like hasn't been the guy that we expected him to be. He's been fine, but he hasn't been the guy that we expected him to be. Yep. Johnny Dixon had a couple of penalties last week. So, like, there's there's some, like, intrigue in that matchup there. Probably more so when you take a look at Michigan, you think they're going to run the football. You think they're going to do what Michigan always does, but is a dangerous team. And it's a dangerous team in the sense that McCarthy is going to extend plays. You, you got to keep him in front of you. Um, and it's yep. not necessarily the the um the, the seven yard pickup where he goes and slides in front of the linebackers before they get to him it's extending that play and you know that extra half second of coverage that you can't hold on to turns yeah. into a big play we saw i mean last time michigan was here you know eric all running that that crosser against K- kalen king that was a play that was extended and that's a play that ended up winning a football game so that is where i'm looking we we've glossed over the secondary a lot this year i think uh because of uh, because the defense as a whole has been so good but that's that yeah. that's a worrisome spot for penn state if you're you know it's it's tough to go from absolutely nothing to getting up and playing your best and penn state still seems to be in that transition i think you make a great point you can even go back to the film last week of when they didn't have a guy in talia tunga below his face and he broke the pocket he made plays you know that's this is not an infallible secondary they play zone coverage sometimes when they get aggressive up front and you're not going to get those dominant performances like we've seen where they can take uh, the offensive scheme up front and destroy it because they 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 shredded michigan the uh, maryland excuse me they shredded maryland from top to bottom up front from a scheme perspective from a physical beating them at the block perspective you're not getting that this week so there are going to be plays where you're not going to get pressure and you've got to be locked in so i think that's a really great point nate uh another thing going back to james franklin's press conference I don't know that I've ever seen him name as many players on one side of the ball as he did when he talked about the Michigan defense. So that <laughs> advantage, I don't know, is that an advantage? Like, does Penn State have the same laundry list of players? And, and a question here in the chat is, what's the status of Chop Robinson? Um, I'm not asking you to predict whether he plays or not. Is it in a good position from what you've seen and some of the things James has talked about after the game and then on Monday, seeming positive about that? Is that gamesmanship or do you think that's a reality and a fact that he could play? I think he could play. I think it's fairly clear he could play. Um, I, you know, 
do I, do I know? No, but is it important? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where, uh, you know, certainly there is a, a boost of confidence that you can lose him and still have six sacks against Maryland. That, that, that's good to, to force the pressure that they did to have the type of game that they did, uh, not just without chop, but without, I mean, Vanover as well. So you've, you're missing two of your top four defensive ends and they were still very, very much fine, better than fine. So yeah, that that's, that's good. But also you'd rather have those guys and your best guy. So yeah. if, if that's uh if that's something that's on the table, I mean, certainly very clearly that they are, Look, it, these things are in medical's hands. You, you get that. You get that concept. But Penn State will do anything it can to, to have Chop out there, I think, on Saturday. I don't think there's any question about that. You, you've been focused on point total in this game. So you're looking at this if the average chance that Penn State wins gets over what points? I, I think they need to have 25 points plus. I, I I just think it's I just think it's a little bit of an unrealistic expectation to to try to get through this game right the way that Jay Franklin laid it out on Monday just felt very much in line right and can I can I actually quote can I read the quote sure yeah it's like okay could this game turn out to be a game where there are multiple touchdowns scored on both sides and it comes down to a one possession game more of a shootout yes. Is it more likely to come down to a low scoring game and a battle and a one possession game, four minute, two might two minute type situations at the end? Probably most likely. He he's telling you. He's right. Like this is this is the way that this game is shaping up to be is mm-hmm. low scoring where individual plays make all of the difference in the world. Right? Time of possession, right? Which which we don't consider necessarily a an indicator of wins or losses all the time but it's going to play a factor in this game it it, it will yeah i I think that comes down to also you know the limiting opportunities for the offense to be explosive uh fitz you're the best so i'm going to handle you i'm going to hand you a hard question that i i don't have an answer to but jaycon too asks a not a question this is a statement uh, wrapped up in a question how does this team eliminate the stupid penalties i think there's a lot of uh, stuff that uh, we can have a conversation about should it be a penalty but they in the last couple of weeks had a couple of these especially on defense what are your thoughts about the penalties are they something that is going to be a problem in this game yeah i mean some of those things are out of your control you know some of the 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 random things kobe you know kobe king getting flagged for hitting a sliding quarter like some of those things you you got to you, you, you can't hold yourself back from because the second you hold yourself back from it, it's, it's going to burn you even worse. So yeah. I, I, I get what's, what's coming on here, but like, you got to talk about the possibilities. You got to talk about these situations. You've got to drag your buddies out of that, those situations, because we've seen a couple of those ones where, you know, Keandre Lambert Smith flails an arm and gets a flat, you know, th- those yeah. are, the, those are, the, those are the ones that, that are killer you know it's not the in-game things it's the after the play stuff so you just got to preach it i mean it's it, it be more disciplined is is very simple way yeah. to approach that but like there's really there's there, there's no playbook for avoiding or getting stupid penalties like this is yeah. this is what it comes down to keeping your head and and that's got to be an entire um uh sort of uh lecture here from james franklin's keep your head during the play keep your head after the play keep your head in the post game you know keep your head everywhere yeah and it's very simple wording to address a complex situation, but that's that that there's really not much more you can do about that. Yeah, it's not easy. One of the situations, Jay Con, too, that I thought was interesting in the game, reviewing it and watching it in slow motion, is uh, Katron Allen got an unsportsmanlike penalty because he was uh, celebrating a touchdown in the face accidentally of one of the Maryland players. The Maryland player shoved him in the face, and then there was an exchange. So you just have to not exchange afterwards so that's that's just a situation where you everything is interpreted by the officials differently and you might have officials just like with holding and defensive pass interference you might get a uh, somebody that's going to let you play that's going to let things happen this could be a very chippy game like the end of the maryland game and, KJ and, and on top of that, well on top of that like you you've got situations that you have put yourself on tape doing so last week johnny dixon gets called for pass interference two or three times was it pass interference 
maybe debatable in a couple of those things, but you can bet that that came from Maryland. Like that came from, Hey, we've been watching number three. He's pretty grabby. You know, he does things like that. And yeah, that's how it works. And Penn state does the same thing. I mean, everybody does the same thing. This is not state stealing signals electronically. This is like, this is the scouting part that can help you with that. So you go to the ref before the game, you say, Hey, here's what we're seeing. Here's what, here's what we're seeing. Here's what, you know, all this kind of, this, is how this works out. And that's part of coaching. That's part of like knowing your opponent, scouting your opponent, truly scouting your opponent. So those are the things you got to break some, you know, we talk about breaking tendencies. You got to break tendencies with penalties as well. Yeah. It's super early in the week. I don't want to be asking you guys for a point total. We'll obviously have that over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Again, too early in the week for me on Wednesday. Yeah. I would prefer it later in the week, but uh, it's not. I'm not here to make a stump speech about our schedule. What I do want to know is, do you think Penn State can win this game? KJ Johnson says the app is great, the On3 app. Thank you for saying that. Just wanted to get a plug in there for the things we do and the things for On3. Uh, Nate, do you think Penn State can win this game? And how do they win this game? You kind of laid it out, but give me in your elevator pitch how Penn State wins this game if they if you think they can. Can they win? Yes. Yeah. I mean, of course. Of course mm-hmm. they can. Uh, is it likely? I don't know. I'm, I'm not there yet. I, I think that I think that I'm fascinated and have not wrapped my head around what you're saying and what James Franklin said on Monday about patience offensively. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, it, it feels like a conflict. I don't know that it is necessarily. Can I interrupt to ask a kind of take this in a different, just down a different tributary. Do you think that was also, he was trying to tell the fan base, don't turn on us. If we don't score in the first quarter, like stay in the game and stay engaged because that's an important thing of keeping their offense off kilter because it seemed like he started out saying crowd is going to be important and then he said something like that of be patient yeah uh yeah i think i mean i think it's i think it's that subliminally maybe Mm -hmm. but also more literally i mean the the fact that he referenced iowa i don't think was a mistake he he is saying hey this might be a 10-7 game at the half like this might be that type of game and if it is in Penn State, let's say Penn State is on the seven side of that. Then nothing crazy happened, right? The, the first half of that game last year, there was some crazy stuff. Curtis Jacobs has an interception return for a touchdown. Like, let's say none of that happens. And you're sitting there at halftime uh, staring at a three-point deficit. You've got seven points. Are you mad that you only have seven points? Because you're looking at the scoreboard and saying to yourself, hey, why, you know, why can't you put more points on the board? Or are you pleased to be down three to right to, to be in a situation of One a competitive game. game. Exactly. Yep. Right. Are you, are you okay with that? And not just okay with that, but embracing the notion of look, get to the fourth quarter, get to the fourth quarter and be in a game that is like that. People yeah. are going to hate me saying this. So I'm going to say it. There was nothing wrong with being in the, like, obviously the, the offense for Penn state was the Hindenburg at Ohio state, but the way that that game was played, (laughs) (laughs) but, but other than that, the way the game was played, the way it was handled to be in the third quarter in a four point game, like they're going to take that every time They, they are going to be fine with that. Uh, they just understand you, you can't, you can't be that bad. Like they, they had to be a B effort offensively and they just couldn't muster it. They were, they were D yeah. or F. So in this game, when he, when he said, when he says not losing patience, that, that is, that speaks to me. It hammers home the notion of, look, uh, this offense cannot do really what it ended up doing in the fourth quarter at Ohio state. Right. Where it panicked. They panicked that they, they lost their way. They, they did all of that stuff that I think if he had that one back, he, he would have changed a lot of that stuff. And also, you can't do what they did in the first quarter, which was go three and out. Or I think it was the second quarter, go three and out consistently. It was the third quarter. Go three and out consistently. Got it after my third try. Uh, where they, they just, they mounted no resistance to help the defense to put any sort of, like, relief in the time Correct. of possession area. Fitz, I want to get to the same question. This is the last thing for the show today. Uh, same question, like, what's Penn State's best avenue to victory for this game this weekend? 
Yeah, I, I think what Nate said in terms of keeping it close as long as they can keep it close, like they, they, they did a have done a good job at that. Like, and Penn State is playing the underdog role here. So you want to keep it, get into the fourth quarter, be close. I mean, those close games are like, it's like Homer Simpson in the blank is big, warm, toasty cinnamon bun. Like coaches love those things. They love mm-hmm. the low scoring, comfortable games. Yep. And uh, this is really, I think, where, and, and both of these guys, Franklin and, and Harbaugh have done that in the past, even though, you know, Michigan has sort of run, run some teams out of the gym this year. Um, yeah, you, you get to the fourth quarter and, and really anything can happen. You've got the home advantage, like Penn state has been decent at home against Michigan. So that's, that yep. plays into it as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, just, just extend that game, make the third downs. I mean, it, really we're just, you know, copy pasting Ohio state points here because these teams are not similar, but also dangerous, you know, that, like yeah. both of those teams are more dangerous than anybody. So that's where I would go with that. Uh, special teams, obviously a big deal this weekend. Riley Thompson, a big yeah. player this weekend. Uh, Alex Falcons, who has done uh, exceeded expectations already. You know, those guys are the ones that continue to have to or have to continue to step up here because when you get into it, three points, those, those matter. So very curious to see how this goes. I think Michigan, incredibly talented team, incredibly balanced team, which makes them an incredibly dangerous team. So, yeah, I mean, the, the odds are not with Penn State. And on the other side of that, Penn State hasn't been – hasn't shown you on offense what they need to show you to beat a top five team. So you're yeah. going to have that worry all the way through Saturday, even if they're winning in the fourth quarter, you're going to have that worry. So like that's yeah. a, we'll get ahead of that right now. So very interesting game. Winnable. Yes. Um, probably win. Probably not. You know, that uh, 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 is it a probable win? Probably not. Is it, you know, stepping all over myself here, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's why they, uh, it's why they come out and play the game. So very interested to see how these matchups come together. The, the the thing I think I said earlier, but I want to recap this from our conversation yesterday, Nate, is you have to believe that you can go out there and execute. Drew Aller believing that he can throw the ball into a tight window and make a play is Drew Aller throwing the ball into a tight window and making a play. That's the whole point of Drew Aller is he has the ability <laughs> to do it as if he pulls the trigger. I don't have a fear from watching him on film. He's going to make a bad decision. He's not going to go, oh, no, I read the coverage wrong and throw the ball for an interception. Anything's a possibility. It could happen. But the likelihood, and my wife always says, like, the minute you say that, that's what's going to happen on Saturday. It might. But what he has shown me is that he's responsible and smart and sees the coverage. This is a team that's going to run coverages he's seen before. They like to run you know, good standard football plays. They're not doing anything crazy or exotic or unique from what I've seen so far. So if he goes out and plays with confidence and freedom, they are in this game. If he goes out and we have to be there close in the fourth quarter, I can't make mistakes because we need to be there close in the fourth quarter. You're going to lose the game in the first and second quarter. That's just what I've seen from this team, not being able to make the plays that are available because even this team will give you some plays. So that's my stump speech. We'll have more about this this week. Appreciate both of you guys being here. Once again, we'll be back tomorrow with the with the BWI live show Wednesday night. James Franklin's next round of comments coming to you on the YouTube channel, but also premium access, premium information of what these two see at practice that you can sign up for for 50% off at bluewhiteillustrated.com. You could not spend a better $50 on your hobby. It'll get you in the first week. It'll pay for itself. These guys have been awesome. Sean Fitz, Nate Bauer. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. We will be back later. Until then, we'll talk to you later.